Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Escapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great, great pleasure of being joined by Norfolk-based photographer David Townsend. Good evening, David. Hello there. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Really looking forward to talking about your book, Impressions of the Norfolk Coast. Uh, somewhere I've been to a couple of times myself. I'd love to return to it, but it's a very, very long journey from Scotland. Um, but before we get into talking about your book, David, and your work, it'd be great if you could give everyone a brief introduction to your photographic journey and background. Okay. Well, my photography and my love of the natural world go back right to my childhood. Um, I was brought up in coastal Norfolk, although I don't live there now, you and I live uh, in Northamptonshire, so right. closer than your good self there. Indeed. I've been a bird watcher and a naturalist and a scientist um, ever since I was a lad, and, um, and I did a PhD in shorebird ecology and behaviour in northeast England, uh, and then I worked the government nature conservation bodies till I retired in 2015. So, and throughout that time, I've always been a keen gardener as well. This right. is relevant to uh, the rest of the story. Yep. Um, first camera was a, a practica when I was a, a teenager, and I would have used that to photograph uh, wildlife and landscapes, flowers, which reflects my interest. So that's why I picked up a camera. No family background at all. Okay. Uh, and the areas that I photograph for more than four decades, uh, landscape, garden, flowers, some architecture and birds, um, always with slides. I never had a, a dark room. I was never had the converted toilet experience. <laughs> um, now, the next few stages I'm just going to go through, explain, they relate to photographing plant, not landscape. But bear with me because we will oh. get back to the... Oh, no, absolutely. Um uh, the, the photography I did for all these four decades more was representational. Okay. Uh, the f landscapes, just standard, whatever you took to capture to places, yep. the biology, the natural history, the, the light, whatever. The flower photography tended to dominate, and um, especially close-up photography. And in recent, recent years, that became more uh, impressionist um, rather than literal. Then in 2013, uh, I discovered the Royal Photographic Society and its distinctions. <laughs> um, well, that's not only a matter of external recognition and putting letters after your name, um, but it's working to a purpose, to a goal, and working in projects, yep. bodies of work, uh, which is not something I hadn't really done before that. And it was also a way to respond to my wife's exhortations over the years of, you really must do something with your photographs. <laughs> We've all been there. Yes. So I, I, um, I got my associate um, distinction in uh, 2015, so a couple of years later. And that's impressionist. It's close-up, shallow depth of field flower photography. Um, so I got that just before I retired. And um, that all came from one Astrantia plant in my in flower in my garden. So you don't need to go to Absolutely. any great, uh, distance um, to get these things. So once I retired, um, I was then um, contemplating getting, trying to get a fellowship. Um, but then in 2016, I looked, saw in a magazine, probably a light and land um, advert. Uh, there's a sort of choice of nine courses here you can, you can spend three weeks in Spitsbergen or yeah. <laughs> one afternoon photographing bluebells in Savanac Forest. Um, but one of the, the um, little thumbnails was 
um, this sort of impressionist abstract image. Uh, and it was by Val de Bailey. Yeah. And I looked at it and I said, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I was completely taken by it. Um, and I didn't know about, anything about Val at all. It was just the image. So I went on a one-day course to uh, a Q, the Bailey Chinnery course, with Valda. And that was especially about multiple exposure photography. Yep. And I was completely hooked. Um, <clears throat> for the day, I had to hire a Canon Mark, uh, Mark IV DSLR um, um, because my uh, Canon Mark II didn't, did only did two multiple exposures. Well, that was fine. But once I'd taken it back after the weekend... Um, I stumped. So I then bought a, actually bought a Mark IV at the next photo show. Yeah. I buy, buyer's remorse within a fortnight, swapped it for a Mark III secondhand, which I have been using ever since. So it worked out. It's just slightly convoluted route. <laughs> you, did, you got there eventually, David. Um, and I've been hooked on this sort of impressionist photography ever since. I've done little other photography except the you know when you're out with the grandchildren or whatever but in serious photography that's the, the where i've been targeting all my efforts um i've been on numerous stimulating rewarding um, um and challenging workshops and trips and online courses with valder and doug um so they've been an inspiration of both teaching the, the approach and then encouraging me to put myself into the images um, so my photographic style, I, I was a scientist all my career. And if somebody said I was an artist, I would take that as a mild insult. <laughs> now on my website, I describe myself as an artist who uses the camera as his tool. Yeah. So all these things can change. Anyway, since having since learning this, I've had two solo exhibitions. Um, I won the International Garden Photographer of the Year Portfolio Prize uh, in 2021 with images of hostas on my patio. Uh, I was then encouraged to do more with them. So I then got my fellowship using the same but larger set of images, all because I learned this this new technique. So all of that's flower photography. So that's that's the background. Yep. Um, um, The book. um, I had an exhibition, my second exhibition at Clyde, North Norfolk, the Nature Reserve Centre. There has a a fine glass-sided building behind the the cafe and um so lots of people visiting yeah uh and it was an, it was called impressions of the norfolk coast the title of the book uh and i suppose partly because i see my peers and mentors producing books so i can do that i have produced photo books online photo box and, and yes. blurb books and I've, you know i've got several of those various subjects and very pleased with those, but I thought I'd go one step fur- further. Um, so that's that's where it came from. And the, the, the uh, exhibition is part because my lifelong attachment to the coast. Yeah. Uh, and I got fed up with it, visiting iconic viewpoints and taking the same shot as no one else. That that doesn't appeal anymore. So I want to interpret them in new and ex- hopefully exciting ways. Um, and a phrase that my brother-in-law kindly produced looking at my picture saying they're like half recalled memories tantalizingly just out of reach which I thought was a splendid one I've uh, um, used used that ever since compositionally of course Norfolk coast is quite challenging trying to create a body of of work uh, out of a a landscape that basically consists of one straight line 
yeah. horizon. Um, so that's the, the basis of it. And I wanted to celebrate it with a, with a, a book to coincide with the exhibition that gave some limitation in time scale because yeah, was, yeah. it wasn't a long run and it did have a deadline uh, yeah. to be produced. Um, uh, the design, the layout, um, that was um, really driven by the exhibition because I had already worked out how I was going to exhibit um, the, work. the work and it was going to be done in pairs. It fitted the layout uh, of yep. the building and fitted my work as well, uh, which, of course, then it was pre-adapted uh, to, to going into book with pairs of images like that. Um, so that was the primary purpose. Um, if I was starting again and not linking it um, to yeah. an exhibition, I might have done it differently. But that's yeah. that's where it started. And and where where did the idea for the body of work start from? Where where did it where did it first originate in terms of the, this is what I'm going to do? You, do you mean the body of work for the exhibition or for the book? Which came first? Well, the, the exhibition Which, came first. The exhibition so, came first, and the book was really uh, an add-on to the exhibition. Yeah, so I, so I suppose where, where, where did the idea for, for the body of work then come from that, that led to the exhibition? Was there a, was there a purpose and particular reason for, for creating it? Um, well, I, I've, um, I learned this technique. I've been attached to the Norfolk coast and also the Northumberland coast yep. for a whole life. So I started... Uh, interpreting subjects and places I knew using a different approach. Right. Um, I started at, uh, at um, Thornham, Thornham yeah. Harbour, it's a well-known spot, um, and, uh, and expanded it from there. Um, and the images in the exhibition, half of them were taken within five miles of where, where the, of the Nature Reserve Centre. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and had you been collecting work before before the exhibition came as a, as an idea so I suppose yes. it's something you'd been working on for a period of time and then kind of the idea for the exhibition then followed thereafter yep I've been working on this ever since I learned the technique um right. I did my I had an exhibition with some of this work and other work garden images and the like um and after that which was in January and February of uh 2020 yep um I then went at the end of February, I went along to Clyde and said, well, I've, you know, the Nature Reserve, I said, I've got all this work. Are you interested in having an exhibition? Because somebody had suggested I might uh, do yeah, that. Yeah. Cool. And they said, wow, yes, please. So at that point, I then started, um, we planned it for September. Um, but then along came COVID about three weeks later. <laughs> um, so I then had time to develop the work to take yeah. some more images and then it came together um what was 18 months after that yeah um after it was originally going to be um, yeah. so that was in february march this year yeah yeah i, I must say I, I really like the body of work the, the colors and, and the textures and patterns that you've created um are are really really beautiful and yeah it, the just some of the, the the shapes as well just really do remind you of 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 coast of the coast. Yeah, so that's, that, that's it. The idea is to um to create a sense of place. Um, now, whether that sense is oh, I recognise, I can see Clyde windmill in that image, or yeah. whether that's I can see water ripples. Yes. Um, 
you know, and any variation on that. Um, so that's that was the idea throughout this this body of work, um, and because the, um, there are some let's go back a step. You'll notice that there are no words in the book. Yep. That's partly because um, the, was, there was no time to develop. You know, it wasn't a book. It was a book to go with an ex ex exhibition. Yeah. Um, and therefore, the book has to really it has the images have to stand on their own. Um, and so, when I was working with Greg, um, he, he I think it was he led this that in terms of the you each. There are pairs of images, but what sequence do you put the pairs in rather than? Yeah. And it goes from a more muted colour range at the beginning through to the stronger colours and shapes at the other end. So, and um, Valda Bailey part commented on the, the book and she described it as I, I thought this is, where is it? A wonderfully imaginative meander through the landscape. Yeah. And, and I very much like that. If you use words, you'd 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 uh, pass through the landscape in a, perhaps in a more structured way, but I really did like the the, the word the meandering because I, yeah. I it's not what yes so that 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 really appealed. Um, but there is a logic to the the way you go through it that it does in terms of color it does move yeah, towards yeah. the stronger colors. Yeah, um, you, you you can certainly see towards the end it's the far bigger bolder colors, the bolder patterns and shapes. Um, and far more muted and far more, I suppose, delicate in the in some of the opening in some of the opening images as well. Yes, yes. And uh, the, the um, one of the things that's uh, Malcolm Cross, a friend of mine, uh, part of Valder's groups, he kindly pointed me in the direction of Bibliascapes and said I should you know, share. So thank you for Malcolm for that. But he also wrote. Uh, I love the vibrant colours, shapes and lines that evoke personal memories of family holidays in Norfolk when I was a child. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I felt really quite proud that I, you know, that's exactly the sort of reaction that, that I yeah. hope it would. Well, that, that's it. And, and I'm sure it will evoke people's personal memories and experiences from other holiday locations from from the coast as well and and that's part of the beauty about it it's, it does it just allows you own, your own mind to wander and it might not be 100 percent representative of where you've been but we've all had experiences of of being at the coast at one time or another living on an island and um, and that and that's what the book that's what the book and the body of work beautifully does and the hidden hidden in there are uh, there are a few uh a few stories that are not told in the book, but um, um, towards the end, um, for your, for your, you've got a copy of it. Yeah. Cover and then the pages thirty-four to forty. Yep. Um, they came from a, a a project within all this coastal work that was called "From an Orange Boat," uh, and I went down to Brancaster Stay, this is a small harbour, one day, saw this orange boat. I thought it would be interesting to photograph this boat. Well, I went back and I went a total of three times, taking more. All of these images come are images of the same front end of the same orange boat. Right. right. Um, and if you look on my website, you can see see more of them. So that was a, a very good example of uh, of working a project, working a subject 
Yeah, absolutely. Working one, working one particular place, but it also shows just the sheer variety of work that you can produce when when you let your creative imagination flow. Yes, yes. And then the other one, the other little story that's in there, um, pages twenty four to twenty seven and thirty two to thirty three, just so that you can see what I'm talking yep. about. Respond accordingly. Um, during lockdown, we weren't allowed out. Um, so I decided to just teach myself how to use, do blending mode, which the camera does, to do exactly the same thing in Photoshop. I'm no Photoshop wizard at all. I don't know. I rarely use it, but needs must. So I taught myself how to do blending. And I started off with one multiple exposure image that I'd already had. And I produced all of those images that you can see before me and considerable number of others, all from this one image on Photoshop. Yeah. Um, so you have you have entirely fabricated um, imaginary landscapes mm. there. But, yeah. but uh, um, so even there, you know, given yeah. the, the the problem with doing that one, I mean, we're forced to. I was forced to. We couldn't go out. But it went against my two principles. One is that I like to be out, do things in camera, and the other is I like to be outside. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> but I, I, as you say, needs must. And and how how did you find the the process of curating the final images that you wanted to show in the exhibition, which obviously then produced into the book, in terms of telling the story and the narrative that that was important to you? Well, I I really like doing that that the curating, um, and um, so that was one bit, and then you could sort of tell the story with the pictures, but what, actually what I found was the easiest way to tell the story was to stand there and tell the story. Um, I, I, I um, enjoy talking to people and um, it's just they, they engage. Yep. Most people who came engage when you explain what it is, what you're trying to convey, as well as the, the words on the, on the board, but actually that human contact and, and people then really did uh, you know, warm to the pictures and, 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 and uh, could see what I was trying to do and see how it represented the area. Yeah. One of the interesting things is with an exhibition and in a book, in an exhibition is whether you title the, the images. Yeah. Um, do you tell people what to see? Do you leave them entirely to their uh, own thoughts? Or do you point them in the right, or sorry, what you regard as the right, right in one direction? Yeah. Um, uh, and when I, and I did these, and it's because it was a client, people were visiting the area. Uh, I, I gave them titles and places, so Blakeney Harbour lines, because they like to say, well, you know, I went there, I can relate to that. Yeah, that that's it. It gives people a bit of context, and it and it is. It's an interesting one. I don't think there's any right or wrong wrong way to do it. And I speak to a lot of people, and it, it's the same with how do you put text in a book or. Do you just have a text at the front? Do you have text at the back? So you let someone go through the book and then tell them what it is. Do you have text in between? And I, I, th I think it just has to suit down to an individual and, and how you envisage and how, how you want to share share your work and tell your story. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I want, in this, this work, I want to convey my interpretation of a place. Yeah. So the place is still part of... Um, of my reason for producing that piece of work. Yeah. And the pairs in the book, do they rep rep reflect the pairs in the exhibition as well? Or did you make some adjustments for the book? Um, the, the, I, pretty, I, I think every pair in the book was 
a pair if it was in the if they were if those images were in the exhibition they were in that pair yeah there are a few because i gave greg um a bigger selection yes. and towards the end some of those bright colors from the orange boat project weren't in the exhibition yeah so so we, we stuck to the pairs but yep. inserted some other some other pairs as well. Yeah, and and how did you find the process of working with Greg and, and the, the curation process of, of saying goodbye to maybe some of your favourite images because they, they didn't quite uh, well, hit the bill? Yes, it, it, because of the circumstances that the ex the book was was accompanying the exhibition. Yeah. And I wanted the book to have a to to accompany the exhibition, but not to be the exhibition uh, catalogue. Yes, yep. Yeah. So it had a life of its own afterwards. So that was my intention. Um, uh, uh, but because the exhibition was the was the, the key, it didn't matter to me too much. And I knew how many pages I had to work with. Yeah. If they did or didn't go in, there's a you know, um, it it was more by by the problem of cross reference. If you say to people, here's an, a book about the that relates to the exhibition and the, their favourite image they've just been pointing to wasn't in there. Yeah. But in fact, in practice, that didn't. Uh, that didn't prove to be a, a difficulty. Um, yeah. But if it had been my life's work and somebody had said, oh, that's fine, but that, your favourite image actually doesn't fit. Um, but I've come across that with doing the um, the RPS panels. Yeah. You have to produce a panel and, 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 you know, you learn and people tell you. But one of the things is it's it's the panel and the constituent parts. And if one of your constituent, one of your parts you want to put in just doesn't go in, you must leave it out. So, yeah. so I, I sort of learned that way. So, uh, well, that's it. Once you've said goodbye to one of your favourite images, once it becomes much easier. It's you, yes. you know, you know that it's coming. And but at the same time, you still, I still come across people who send me maybe a draft of a book, and you can, you, you can tell. I say, well, this image maybe doesn't go, and the reaction is always, yep, I agree with you, and because you and I do the same myself. You sit there and you, you know, fine well, it doesn't quite fit. But you're just hoping that you can get away with it because yes. you you maybe particularly like the image or it it subject matter doesn't work or just tonally it needs to be needs to be changed and and that's where it's great to be able to work with other people and just bounce ideas off other people in terms yes. of in terms yes. of what does work and what jars in one person's vision doesn't is is nice and smooth in another. Yes, yes, got be be willing to take on criticism and advice on that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I think I think it's important. But it's equally important to take constructive advice from people who who know you and know your work as well, and because uh, and and there's a way to deliver constructive <laughs> advice too. That and it, it is it's it's you can get people who are absolutely fantastic, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best teachers in the world. That's that's the thing. So, um, and has it spurred you on or given you encouragement to maybe think about doing further books? Because I know certainly on your website, you've got a lot of projects, which seems to be how, how you really enjoy working in. Yes, I, I have. Well, I, I don't have a, a plan at the moment, but I would be, I would certainly, you know, consider doing it. And I, I like having the, uh, the book at the end, the only downside that I, the thing that I struggle with with the book, um, and I know that having listened to some of the other um, uh, podcasts, Valda yep. and Sandra Bartocha both referred to the difficulty of converting from RGB files yep. to CMYK in, in publication because I've never had the, uh, prob that problem with the other books that I've just 
produced on singly online because yeah, they're not yeah. converted. And that I struggle with. Um, but um, if you look at the book, you can't see that there's a difference between what's there and what I thought, what I so, thought so. should be yeah. there. So but it's that, a problem for we, uh, we authors, yeah. artists. That, that's it. No one, no one other than the artist is aware of what it should look like. So, um, but yes, I, I, I can, I can understand the challenges, particularly when you're working with, with the, with colors, such vibrant colors as well, to ensure that they're, they are correctly represented. Um, but at the same time, it's always something that's quite challenging. And, and looking at, looking at your work, there's some beautiful projects up there that would make, I think, fantastic books, fantastic zines or series of them and things like that as well that um, I suppose you've probably got time to maybe explore. That's kind of you to say so. And now that I'm retired, I do have time to uh, <laughs> to explore more than I did in the past. Yes, yes. That's yeah. it. And it's, all, it's always a learning process. That's that's the other thing, I think. Once you've been through the process of once of producing the book, you begin to have an idea of what works or what yes. what might not work for, for, for doing it for doing a second version or a second edition or or something that's just entirely new. Yes, yes. Well, I've got the whole project that I started in my garden. It was my garden in lockdown. How many different ways could I create images in my garden? Yeah. It's not a big garden at all, and I've got lots, and I'm still doing that. Um, so that's a, a whole um, area, and those mostly those aren't actually on the, the on the website. Okay. So there's even more um, work work to be published, and all of that. Yeah, um, but it, it's all great, and as you as you say, you you kind of demonstrate that you don't need to go far to to produce good work. It's it's all about and what what you see and and the eye and the and the, imagina the imagination as well in terms of just visioning something very different and from your perspective it's it's through your own eyes and and through a different through your perspective. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Now, what's nice is that you can always create something new. In fact, it's almost impossible to create the same image. Um, you know, yeah. repeat. So that that's great. And and quite often images, and bodies of work grow on you as well as you. It's not quite the same as the standard photograph, where it's, it's representation. You can see what it is. Yes. Sometimes you can see what, well, I, famous phrase, you know, what's, not what it is, but what else it might be. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and with time, you look at it and see things that you didn't see before. So. Yeah, I, absolutely. I definitely think that's very true. I'll go back to your book and I'll see different things every time I look at some of the images and you begin to see new things and you begin to see patterns form. Um, and colors and shapes and textures all begin to to emerge as you as you spend more time with it, and that that's part of the that's part of the enjoyment of being able to to look through diff different bodies of work. That um, it's not a style of photography I shoot myself, um, but it's a style that I, I I enjoy looking at, and I've certainly got very many books of of of, of the style of photography that are all all beautiful and really really very very vibrant in colors which is totally the opposite of all my black and white work and um, but but that but that's part and parcel and that that it creates some form of inspiration and ideas for me as well yes yes it's interesting that if if i were to stop doing this for a while i would probably go to uh black and white architectural photography or something which is yeah. completely different yeah i don't profess to have any expertise but i those sort of those images appeal to me which is, i suppose because they are so different it's brains in a completely different place looking at them yeah well that, that's in as 
I, I enjoy yeah, something totally different as well. And I, I used to spend a fraction of a second wondering how it had been accomplished and achieved. Now now it doesn't even really cross my mind. I just focus on what the on the subject matter, what I'm seeing or what I'm not seeing, as as you correctly point out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm always interested as part of as as well as talking about your your own work and your own book. I'm always interested to know what uh, books are favourites of my guests. Um, it's it's quite it's been fascinating over the last hundred plus episodes just to see the total range of photographers, artists, and whatnot uh, that all provide a bit of inspiration and ideas and and background to to the the photographers and artists I'm speaking to. So I'd be great for you to share a, a small selection, David. Okay, will do. Um, books by by my mentors Valder and and Doug and and by my peers creating some sort of impressionist abstract images, they're obviously a significant influence on me. Yep. But looking outside that group, um, the obviously the people on the podcast can't see this, but I'll wave them around for your benefit. But yep. the series of uh, one set of books, the series of books, are the International Garden Photographer of the Year books um, annually. Um, and uh, in those, they have a, an abstract view section Right, uh, and uh, that's only been going for a few years, uh, but interestingly, it's moved towards the front of the book. Ah. An abstract one, one a couple of years ago. Um, so um, I don't look at this to to copy, um, but it's it's the stimulation of of yeah. the different ways that people can present uh, images. Um, so um, that's um, and I'm. Two, I have two more of my images in the latest one, so I'm quite pleased about that. Yeah, absolutely. But as well, but but the, there is then um, the related one, which is not on my list, but this is the landscape photographer of the yearbook. But interestingly, it's it's lagging behind. It's, right. There's a section called My View, um, but it doesn't encompass the sort of work that I do. Um, yeah. Uh, at all, which is interesting, given that that book and all I've spoken about, bar the garden stuff, is is landscape photography yeah. in a different way. Yeah. So, so um, that's so. But the International Garden Photographer of the Year books, um, the the abstract yes. section, I do find stimulating. Um, but apart from that, I've got two others that I brought for you. Good. Other books, um, and they're not books of photographs, but they're by painters. Lovely. Um, uh, one of them, I suspect, I think you've already had, I know, because of different people, you've 100 people and five books each, that's quite a lot of books to come up with something that hasn't been on there. But anyway, this is Barbara Ray's The Northwest Passage. And this is probably my favourite book at the moment. She travelled the, to the Arctic three times, northern Canada, in 2015-17, uh, on the trail of her namesake, John Ray, and he was searching for the Northwest Passage. And this is basically a book of her paintings and their landscapes, but they're not they're not how she saw them, but how she experienced them and how she felt yep. about them. Um, and there's straits and coves and, and ice flows and northern darkness, uh, a lot of it. And I love her really bold use of colour, shape and line and light and all of those, and dark. But she's interpreting the landscape and there's such a strong sense of, of emotion about them. You feel you're actually there, even though they don't depict the place that you're, you know, yes. uh, uh, talking about. Um, 
So that's that. And then the other one that I have, um, um, and I'll, incidentally, I'm, I'm hoping that Father Christmas might bring me Barbara Ray's latest book. It's about the Lammermuirs. All right. Um, um, which is the same style. It's just come out. So um, for those that don't, people that don't know, that's Range of Hills of the Scottish Borders. Yeah. Um, my other book is, is this one, which is Spring Cannot Be Cancelled by David Hockney and, and Martin um, Gayford. Uh, I'm, I'm not a long-term devotee of uh, David Hockney. So for, my, for the purest scientist that I used to be, he was a bit wacky and contrary for me to like. Yeah. Um, but I saw his exhibition at the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge, and, and this book was recommended to me by a friend, and I'm now a convert. He moved to a cottage in Normandy in 2019 to re-engage with nature. And then he was locked in because 2020 COVID came along. But that stimulated his creativity. He folk, uh, he created then using the his iPad this new technique of his. Yes. Yep. Um, and and he he was depicting his cottage and the garden and the blossom and the seasons, and it just conveys his joy of his immersion with it. Uh, and it's another bold impressionist approach uh, with strong colour. It's so positive, uh, you know, somebody who's in his 80s and yet taking up a, a new way to paint. And uh, in the, on the jacket, there are two phrases that he uses, uplifting manifesto and infectious enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, they correctly depict the book and uh, it was recommended to me as being that, and I think they're spot on. So those two books in particular stimulate my brain my enthusiasm um more than more than photography do books do yeah that that's those those two two great selections great choices plus also the international garden photographer of the year which i think as you say it's it's a good stimulation particularly when there's there's certain categories that actually kind of click with what you with what you do yourself and and that's what it's all about it's finding something that actually kind of clicks with you makes you take gets you going and gets gets you motivated and excited. Absolutely right, yes. But the thing that, that stimulates me just as much is the fact that I walk out into the garden this evening and see the sun shining through the aces as they're turning yellow and, and yeah. orange, getting my camera out there. Yeah, well, that that's it. This time of year, beautiful. Just the, the colours are beginning to to come through. It was pretty heavy rain in Glasgow at the moment, so I'll not be going anywhere with my camera oh. tonight. Um, but it's, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, David. Thank you very much for sharing just wonderful insight into into your Norfolk Coast work. It's it's really great just to understand how it came to be and, and kind of where the interests lie, which obviously lie deep-rooted in your, your childhood memories of being brought up by the coast. So th- th- thank you very much for your time, David. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.